April 89th, Sarah? Is that it is. It? Am I correct? Yep. <laughs> That's right. Womenology podcast people. I'm Kristen. This is Sarah. Here we are. Here we are. In our homes. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing masks in our homes. <laughs> I, I, I finally see a light at the end of the tunnel, Sarah. Do you? I do. Okay. I do. Slowly. I don't think it's going to be you know, next week, but I do think, you know, over the next couple of weeks, things are going to start, businesses are going to start reopening and people are going to be um, not as big of uh, assholes as they're being. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> so, that sounds pretty hopeful. <laughs> yeah. So, Sarah, uh, uh -huh. I, I think I've told you about how I feel about masks. Yes? Yeah, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. So yesterday, or last week, excuse me, I was walking Bally. And Bally's the one I post on Instagram that has the little bows in her hair. Yeah. And we were walking down this fairly wide sidewalk and I had my mask on and her, the leash got tangled in her legs. So I okay. had to bend, stop walking, bend and pick up and, you know, get the leash uh, undone. So this woman's walking toward me. Good. And she's French. And she's talking on the phone and she's not wearing a mask and she sort of swishes her hand like move. And I didn't because swishes her hand. Like swishes her hand like move. <laughs> like you know I, Felicia? No, that's wave. Jesus. Sw like, you know, swats at the air. You know, like mo it says move, like what you do with your hand. Yeah, okay. Okay. okay, we'll get back to that. So she basically is like motioning me to move because she's on the phone uh -huh. and I didn't move. And she said, you need to move. I said, no, I don't. And she said, you need to move. I said, no, you need to be wearing a mask and you need to cross the street. Right. I mean, why is she interpreting the <laughs> six feet of social distancing rule as everyone has to dodge me? Right. And she said, you know what? You beach. And I'm like, look, honey, please. If you think that's the first time I've been called a bitch. I said, no, I'm not the bitch. You need to wear a mask. If you're so concerned, I go, put on a fucking mask. Sure. And she goes, oh, this woman is a bitch. Is a beach. I'm a beach. Yeah. And I said, no, cross the fucking street. And I said, where's your mask? And she's like, I forgot it. Well, and the then next day. Go home. <laughs> did I did I not see her the next day? Oh. Without the mask. Mm. And she then must I saw have her forgotten today. it. She must have forgotten it. And then I saw her today without the mask. And this time I was just feeling pissy. Yeah. So I pulled my mask down. I go, forget that mask again. Amazing. <laughs> and, and she just looked at me and I just looked at her and I kept walking. <laughs> I had Hunter with me. No one's gonna fuck with me when I have a Doberman pinch. I mean, she'll probably die, right? No. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. God, are we going to go down this road again? No, we're not. But speaking of dying. Yeah. Sarah. Yeah. Um, You sent me a text today. Uh-huh. With a little, uh, a little conundrum, a little new internet meme that's going around. It's a hot debate. It's a hot debate. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Fuck, marry, kill. Yep. Steve. Mm-hmm. Aiden. Mm -hmm. Big Trey. See, you, you sent me the one with Big. I got the one with uh, Trey. Who's Trey? Charlotte's husband. Oh, oh, that's oh. You're right. That's I forgot about him. <laughs> as as we should really. <laughs> that's right. Okay, Bunny's son. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I that I totally forgot about him. Wow. Yeah. That does change things a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. It, it, mm, see, I didn't have big in mind. Uh-huh. And for me, it was fuck Steve. Sure. Kill Trey, because he's useless. Sure. And marry Aiden. Uh-huh. I had a different, stable, different response. You, you most certainly did. Now, if it was Steve, Aiden, and Big... I really would have to think about it for... I will, see, I wouldn't. Fuck Steve... Kill Big, marry Aiden. Do you see a pattern here? You want to marry Aiden, I think. I want to. <laughs> yeah, I want, would want to marry the guy, the the 
the stable, secure, mm-hmm. easygoing guy who probably balances me out very well. Right. Sure. That's very reasonable. That's a thing. That's a thought. Uh, a choice. C- counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone more easygoing than Big? Big is so easygoing, he doesn't give a shit. Right. He doesn't give a shit. You've just hit on it. Yeah. Bingo. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's not emotionally invested in the in the relationship, which is why he doesn't care. Right. So I, I said, as you know, fuck Steve, marry Big, kill Aiden. Okay, why? why? I have to understand this. I do not. I can't wrap my, my brain around this. Why? Why? Uh, why to like which part of the last two is more confusing? Why would you want to marry Big and why would you want to kill Aiden? Steve, I get it because who the fuck could tolerate Steve? He's so weak. Well, also, I, I feel like he'd be very attentive. Steve? Yeah. Ugh. Don't you Needy. think he'd be really eager to please? Yeah, but ugh. Well, it's just, ugh, it's just once, right? In the, in the hypothetical. Oh, we're get... talking like in a relationship. Oh, yeah. For sex? Oh, I guess maybe. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I don't I know still... either. No one knows. No one knows. Oh, <laughs> also, because these people aren't real. Right. <laughs> that <laughs> makes it hard to know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're going to have to... I'm listening. Okay, so well, so that's that's the deal with Steve. I just I feel like um, just probably is a pleasant experience, Mm -hmm. uh, at least once, right? Um, Mary. Well, I'll I'll save the Mary for the finale because I feel like that's well, no, no, Mary big because um, again, he like how can you not get along with him? Are you for real? Yeah, I'm. I'm for real. I'm saying <laughs> this is going to work for me, not this is what Carrie should have done. Okay. Um, and I think as as long as you go into involvement with Big with an awareness of the fact that, like, he's only ever going to get so involved emotionally, uh, I think there's there's a lot of good there to be harvested. Mainly, you could do anything you want. You don't have to work ever again. That's amazing. Amazing. Right. You don't even have to hang out with him if you don't want. He doesn't care. You can go on vacation with all your friends who uh-huh. are not him. He doesn't care. You could plan a vacation with him. He might go. Whatever. He doesn't care. I think he'll just go along with whatever because he doesn't care. And because he has so much money that like everything is low stakes to him. Um, okay, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. also, the fact that he and Carrie, you know, were so, so on and off again, like, he must be enjoyable to have sex with, right? There's gotta be something there. Um, but again, he's only gonna care so much. So, like, if I am, you know, menopausal or, like, if I'm just over having sex with him, I know he'll find somebody else. He won't bother me. Right. And then like as we age, we'll just settle into like a comfortable friendship. I'm like, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And kill Aiden because Aiden is way too demanding and needy. What? Too demanding and too needy. Very controlling. I what? (laughs) what sex in the city did you watch i'm talking about the sex in the city where aiden was like "Mm, can't date a smoker what is wrong with that well nothing if carrie wants to quit anyway right which i mean you know because she she said she did but like she didn't really she she wanted to quit for him which is why she kept doing it right because she didn't really want to quit right so nothing is wrong with that except when you use it as an ultimatum, right? The if you he can't date though, a smoker, but then- he didn't. But he didn't. Hold on, he didn't. He didn't use it as an ultimatum. He just said flat out, "I I won't date a smoker." Okay, uh, uh, maybe I have to rewatch this episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're sitting on the stoop. They're sitting yeah. on the stoop, and right. her cigarettes fall out of her pocket into the the into. I, I want to say a puddle. 
Hmm. Oh no, she she pulls out a cigarette and he's like, "Oh, you smoke." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh yeah," and you know, was it a big deal? He's like, "Ah, uh, you know, I can't uh, I can't date a smoker." And and she's like, "Well, okay," and she pretends to like. Throw oh, that's the, right. Yeah, then she's she like, "Oh, well, then I'm the not a smoker." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So he didn't issue an ultimatum. She took it as one. Yeah. Because she was desperate and just wanted a boyfriend and she was like, "Oh, so okay, fine, no problem." I'll she had no she had no identity. Right. She was whoever the guy she was with wanted her to be. Yes, that is true. Okay. That you're right. That's how that played out. Okay. So I you know, it just there's this, I don't know. I just I wouldn't get along with him. <laughs> For me, it he's like too. He's, he's, I just feel like he'd be in my face all the time. It, like remember the fight. Remember the fight Maybe. episode. How you doing? Where'd you go? What did? What's new? <laughs> oh. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, she had just come in the door from being out with her friends, and they had just moved in together, mm-hmm. and she was spending all this time away from him so you're you're thinking that aiden will settle into being less needy over time i think that carrie was ambivalent because carrie had massive attachment issues and she was she was pulling away and he was picking up on it which made him more needy but i don't think in general he was more needy okay but you do agree he was needy So there's a chance. <laughs> I do I do agree that he was sort of on top of her. Yeah. But I saw that as a reaction to her pulling back. Like all of her attachment stuff and her ambivalence about the relationship was was manifesting itself in her, you know, cheating and her uh, hanging out with her friends when they had just moved in, in you know all of his boxes not being unpacked, you yeah. know they it it they never really gelled. They never really settled in. Well, right. I think yeah, as you as you said, I think she was mostly ambivalent. So right, yeah. And I think he picked up on that. And I think anybody who was in a relationship with someone where things were great until you moved in, and now you're like, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? You pick up on those those subtle shifts. Yeah. And, you know, or att- attuned people pick up on those subtle shifts. And he picked up on it. And he was very attuned to her needs and to her. That's true. That that would be a point in his, in his favor. But um, mm-hmm. just for me, I don't think there's anything worse for me than neediness. I hate neediness. Uh, and I'm with you. But he was not needy until she gave him reason to be needy. To to until she gave him reason to be insecure. You know that that the one where he he is tempted to sleep with the bartender so that they're even. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Here, here's your dog, or why don't you yeah. just go fuck her? Then we'll both then we'll both be bad." Right. And. She shows up at his apartment, or I don't know what it was, and she and I and this was something that I really really liked from Sarah Jessica Parker's because she had a line of dialogue which was, "You have to forgive me," mm-hmm. and she said it five different times in five different ways that yeah, had five very this. different intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to forgive me. You have to forgive me. You have to forgive me. You know, it's it was it was her way of saying, like, look, dude, you need to get over this. But I understand why you're not over this. But if you can't get over this, we can't be together. Yeah. You know, and I that's one of those one of the scenes that will always stick out for me is she's saying, you know, and he never did fully forgive her. No. Who would like who you're crazy to go back with somebody who cheated on you. Crazy. I mean, if you care, yeah. If you care, <laughs> I think there's there there are lots of reasons for going back, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think if if you want to, if you think it's going to be like a do over, uh, no, <laughs> it's not going to be a do over. Not going to be a reboot. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to reboot that, really. It's not going to be no. Electric Boogaloo too. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Go ahead. I just, uh, I stand by it. That's fine. I stand by it. I guess I, I, I must feel on some level that I might drive that guy away too, <laughs> and that he would double down with more neediness, which would make what me. What I'm finding, him. what I'm finding as I get older is that having somebody easygoing and and the thing is I can't take too easygoing okay and um something I I'm okay do I want to say this you know what fuck it I do something that really irritates me about Don okay <laughs> is he does not say no and so we were supposed to watch we were had uh, we had talked about watching a, a you know a movie virtually Saturday night, but mm-hmm. he wasn't sure what his plans were. As far as uh, he, it was his weekend with his daughter. Okay. So Saturday goes by, and, and I could tell when I brought it up because he said that you know, like he had whatever he had I I initiated it, and I could tell when I initiated it, he was kind of like on like he the didn't fence really have it. time. Like he didn't really want to. Not that he didn't have oh. time. He just didn't want to. Or more likely, he didn't want to commit to something. Yeah. And so I just knew. And I said, tell you what, if, if you want to do it, just just shoot me a text. Okay. And so Saturday comes and goes and he doesn't text me. And then Sunday he texts me and he's like, hey, uh, sorry, the night got a little got a little away from me. You know, my, you know, the daughter was still there. He thought maybe that she'd be leaving earlier than she did. And I replied back and I said, you know, don't worry about it. It wasn't set in stone because it wasn't. Yeah. So um, what irritated me isn't that he couldn't do it, but that he clearly didn't want to do it and said yes anyway. (laughs) And that shit bugs me. If you don't want to do something, say it. Yeah. And I know that that doesn't come easy for a lot of people. I am not one of them. Mm. I am not one of those people. If I don't want to do something, you know, my sister will constantly, oh, Kristen, I just sent you this video of this baby. PM, do me a favor. Please stop sending me that because I don't give a shit about those people. I don't care. I don't, I have no interest in this. And I will tell her that. Of course, she still inundates me with stupid videos. (laughs) And, um, but I have no problem laying down that boundary. And it just irritates me that, he said yes, but, but clearly didn't want to. Well, you know, maybe he, he wasn't wanted... sure how he'd feel at the, at the time, you know, and wanted to leave it sure. open-ended. Sure, v- very possible. Then say, you know what? I'm not sure how I'm going to feel at that time, so why don't we stick a pin in this? Sure. Use your big boy words. Well, sure. So, um, yeah, that pissed me off. And not that he couldn't do it, but that, look, I don't... I am not going to play mind reader with any of my friends. I don't care who you are. I'm not doing it. If you feel a certain way, you better learn how to use your words because I'm not going to do it for you. And that, so that's how I feel. So I was pissed off about it. And I replied with, because I, I wasn't angry that he couldn't do it. I was angry. I wasn't angry. I was just irritated. Yeah. Like, come on, dude, don't, if you just didn't want to, just say that. Just say that. Well, maybe next time he will, because he's probably listening. Because, well, I have a thing. (laughs) I have a thing where I always feel like I'm in the way. And that comes from just my childhood. I Mm -hmm. always feel like I'm in the way. And I'm I'm very hesitant to ask people to to be there, like to do something with me. Like, hey, you want to talk on the phone or you want to. So when I do, it's. It's like I'm putting myself out there in a way maybe you're at, like you or an average person um, isn't. Sure. So that's, I think, what really got me is like, it, it, like I'm so scared to even suggest it because I'm like, I'm terrified of the rejection. But I did it and you clearly didn't want to do it. I don't know. Uh, maybe I was mad at myself for 
just taking the risk. I don't know. I mean, there's some whatever there's, it was. There's some stuff to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> All around. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I'm getting my dollar seventy five worth. <laughs> oh, God bless. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, fuck Mary Kill. I would marry Aiden because Aiden, I think, I think Aiden would balance me out. You know, he's very, yeah. very calm and, and I'm talking, you know, second go round, Aiden, not the first one with the long hair. I loved the short hair. Oh, <sighs> okay. Well, this is. I mean, well, Jesus Christ, does that really change things? I mean, you're you're throwing reboot Aiden and Trey into the mix. Yeah, I gotta put that again. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Maybe not marry Trey because that that seemed to work out for Charlotte. Did it? She couldn't have sex with him, and then he changed his mind about having. Did you? What? I feel like what, what happened here? There's a there's a there's a disconnect. What Sex in the City did you watch? <laughs> because that marriage was destined to fail because it was. it was just she was just so desperate to get married and he was so desperate to get married you know because that's what his mother wanted yeah i would have a hard time with with mom i think Ugh, please big's got mom stuff going on too though right doesn't his mom make him go to church sometimes that happened in season one right yeah um so what do you i mean so i think some no i think what do you, he sometimes accompanies his mother to church yeah, I don't want to do that. Well, he didn't ask her to do it, so he wouldn't have asked you to do it either. Oh, well, see, <laughs> see, this is perfect. This is the guy for me. <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about stuff to unpack. Girl, all right. I just feel like Aiden would, would he'd just be taking the temperature all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems like a lot of talking about feelings. I mean, it's a relationship, so... You're starting to sound like Samantha. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't want to talk about my feelings all the time. I'll. I'll talk about my feelings if they're. If they're exceptional, you know what I mean. But like, if I don't bring it up, it's because there's nothing to say about my feelings. Okay. You know. Yeah, I do. Okay. All right, I'm packing. So. <laughs> I told you. Wow. A bonus episode. I think we just found the next bonus episode. Did we? Uh, yeah. Let's unpack our shit with okay. Sex in the City and whatever. And right. Whatever. So I told you last week that I got a new dog client, right? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm bringing this up because it leads to the second part of the, of the show. Uh-huh. So this dog... Is 12 years old. It has Cushing's disease. It has a tumor on its pancreas, and mm. one of its legs is very brittle. And um, it's he's like bow-legged. Yeah. Now, without even seeing the dog, you must imagine that this dog is is suffering, right? I mean, I would think. It sounds like it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the dog... I have to pick up the dog and carry it out and then pick up the dog and carry it back in. And you take the dog out and the dog just stands there. It's like the dog isn't even really aware of its surroundings. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, the the walk itself, where I just literally stand in front of the building for 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. it's 15, 20 minutes, you know, in and out. But I end up staying there almost 40 to 50 minutes. Talking to the owner? talking to the owner yeah and she you know she makes the special dinner like she gets the hamburg from the deli from the restaurant across the street and she puts it together and this woman lives in this it's a nice building but and she's not a hoarder okay but everything is in piles okay Um, and she has a housekeeper and she puts all the stuff on like plastic plates and it's a very tough it's a very tough uh thing to walk into and to see clean doesn't smell there's not enough of that she's just an older woman who has just i think just kind of given up maybe okay 
and the dog is all she has. Okay. And the dog is really her only outlet to the outside world. Yeah. That's not great. It's not great. So she is very much dependent on the dog. And the dog, uh, I just think the dog just is just wants to go. Yeah. You know, but it's sticking around. And you know how animals do that. And I can remember with Moon, when I found out Moon was hyperthyroid. And, you know, he was fine. But I, I remember picking him up and putting him on my chest and saying, if you're ever in pain, you go. Mm -hmm. You go. Do not stay around for me. You know, I'll miss you like crazy, but I would, I would, rather, I would rather feel that pain than to know that you're suffering. Right. And, you know, sure enough, that's what Moon did. I mean, when Moon was ready to go, he just went. And I'm very, very relieved for that. Emma, she hung around for a few months. And that was one where I, uh, that was my other cat. And I just saw, like, ugh, I could just see it. And I just knew. And you know when it's time. Yeah. You know. So uh, I was with this woman yesterday or two days ago. And she called me Monday night. And she said, can you come over around 11 tonight because so-and-so can't make the walk or whatever. And I'm like, fuck, I really don't want to do this. But I yeah. did it. And so I show up. And she's, now this woman is confined, was typically, when I'm there in the morning, she's in bed. She's basically confined to bed. Okay. So I go in there that night and she's in her wheelchair, dressed. She's watching her little crappy TV. Mm -hmm. And of course it's Fox News, but it's a little crappy TV. And the dog is kind of hobbling. I'm, I'm going to get upset. I'm going to oh. You know, the dog is <clears throat> hobbling around. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a... Now, I don't think... The, 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 okay. So the next part of this, that the show, is we're talking about an article from the Washington Post about women being alone during coronavirus. Yes. And so when I saw this scene, it just, it was, it just triggered a lot of stuff for me. A lot. I don't, yeah, I don't know many people who could not feel some feelings in response to this. And it sounds pretty bleak. I went in today and I, and I quit. You know, I, I did a walk and she said, oh, I, I said, um. You know, um, this is going to be the last day I'm walking for honey. And she said, oh, okay, well, I, uh, you know, okay, okay, I understand. And she said, it's just, you know, she was really thriving with you. And I'm like, oh, please don't, please don't do that. Mm. And she, she said, it's so funny because, you know, you know, no one's ever mentioned. And I said, I'm very uncomfortable walking a dog with this many health problems. And what I really wanted to say was, I will never enable a situation that allows a dog or prolongs a dog's suffering yeah and i understand why she's doing it because it's all she has you know it, it's just all she has right and i know the, that dog and i always say when i'm on the walk with the dog you go go i'll take care of your mother i'll take care of mommy you go it's going to be okay and i so i get angry thinking like lady come on she's saying i just think he's doing fabulous you know that you know the the doctors at the at the humane society seem to think you know this that and you know and they think that he maybe has like another six months or a year and i'm thinking no hmm. no he doesn't no she doesn't yeah i mean is it so that condition is like is it beyond treatment at this point it's just all of it together and and I do think it's beyond treatment, and I think she's in deep denial of that. And Are I there said to her, "Things that ahead. could be happening to make the dog more comfortable." She gives the dog a lot of medication, Sarah. When I tell you that the dog literally is just like a shell of a little creature. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I mean, so she's already tried all of this. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I asked her. I said, "What about hospice?" And she was like, "Why would I do that?" And I was like, oh, boy. How old is the dog? 12, which is okay. not old. It's not that old. Well, yeah. 
depending it's on the a dog. small dog. Right. Okay. It's not it's that just, young, though, either. It's not that young, but it's not that old. In any right. case, you know, uh, so I, she said, you won't even give me a couple days notice. And I was really tempted to do it. And I, but I said no because if I if I give in she'll 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 know she can get me. Yeah. And I just had to look out because I would come home from these walks and I would just weep. Mm. So I can't do it. It's just triggering triggering all that abandonment stuff and getting attached and yeah. you know this woman she paid me $25 basically to just stand there and listen to her talk right you know and like that's a reality i think for a lot of us right like we're not uh oh, this is why i don't understand the whole oh i don't want to die alone thing you're let's be clear you're going to die alone yeah one way or another one way or another yeah the chance like uh, my sister you know, was on literally on the bed with her husband and had her head on his chest as he took as his, you know, when his heart stopped, those moments are so rare. Yeah. You know, but this, the article, the idea of being alone right? and reading that I'm going to, I'll post in the notes, you know, this woman does not seem to be bothered by being alone. And that's the thing. Like, she, it's not that she seemed lonely or sad. She just wanted to talk to people. Like, that's different. I know that if I go a week and I don't talk to anybody, I'm like, hey, blah, 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 blah. I'm chatty too. You know? Yeah. So, uh, in any case, it just, it, it, this, that article came along. I, I caught it on Twitter. And it, it just, all of this has me thinking about, you know, the, as the article said, what what is the percentage of women living alone now? And this oh, article, I'm not sure, I don't remember. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'll find it. This is the article is called uh, "A Woman Living Alone: Seven Stories of Solitude During the Coronavirus from Ages 24 to 86." Story by Carolyn Kitchener. Illustrations by Olivia Waller, and I love the illustrations for this story. Yeah, they are good. Uh, and it's so here it is. Today, approximately 23.5 million American women live alone more than ever before. That's largely, largely because we're staying single longer. The average woman now waits until she's 28 to get married. More women are getting divorced or opting out of marriage altogether. So this concept of being alone, coronavirus or, you know, whatever, it's starting to become sort of a, I think we're slowly starting to consider this an option. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what did you think when you read it? I thought it was interesting to see how they're all in totally different places <laughs> in terms of what they're, what they're missing. Um, I thought the point about living alone, well, in this situation, um, the quote is, this is like a cold water bath. This removes all the advantages of living alone and amplifies all the hard parts. Um, that's, I mean, that stuck with me cause I, I think cause I'm not living alone. So, mm -hmm. um, this would be, it ha it's, it's crossed my mind a couple of times that like, this would be a pretty different experience if I lived alone. See, I, and maybe it's because I am busier now than I was before. Well, before I kind of am too, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's the downtime mm -hmm. that was what it. about the downtime <laughs> <laughs> that was it i thought um <laughs> the, so i mean i i do think i like all of us i i think who are lucky enough to be working from home that i was a little surprised by like how my day can fill up mm -hmm. basically there's still as much work as as I can do and more, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I could keep working well past 5 p.m. if I so choose. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm not <laughs> because I think part of part of getting through this with your sanity intact or something like it is it's going to look like still having boundaries and still having some kind of routine. Mm -hmm. 
So when I'm not working, I, I just have a lot of time to get afraid and worry. And mm-hmm. I find that living with someone is helpful because <laughs> I can, I can, you know, either just voice the fears and have a, a response or um, I could be distracted, right? We could talk about something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I And I suppose this comes from, you know, I have pretty much been alone my entire life. And I don't mean that to sound sad. I mean that in the sense that my mother was diagnosed with cancer at three. Right. And all the focus went on my mother. And I, I think I've told the story, like I was walking to school by myself at five years old. Yeah. <laughs> So, and very different time, by the way. Um, and so being alone, it's it's second nature to me. And I, and I don't know, it was somewhere pr- probably over the last few years after my, my father died and after my sister died, that I really started to accept that, oh, I, I'm not going to go to anybody for this problem, I'm just going to deal with it myself. Right. Like, I, I, I have so turned within, uh, which is good and which is bad, you know, because I've, I'm now, you know, too comfortable. Um, and like my ideal relationship is what I have, you know, like, the weekly Skype and then maybe we see each other in person over the weekend and that's that. And it's, that's, it's great. That's great. But I don't know if relationships, I don't know if relationships are going to look the way they look or the way they used to look. Like I, I I want, I do wonder how this is going to affect. I think what this Forcing women to be alone and be alone with their thoughts. I think this is going to be a huge thing for so many women. You think it might end up resulting in more women living alone? Yes. Well, that, I I kind of think so, too. I think there's going to be a lot of divorce <laughs> this year. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever it's safe to do so. Um, and to take it to an even darker place, probably a lot oh, of good. murder. Oh, good. Please do. <laughs> yeah, probably a lot of murder as well. Okay, well. I mean, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, what? What? (laughs) So, sure. I thought you were going to play the Price is Right womp womp sound. Oh, that's. Yeah. That fits too. Yeah. So, yeah, I. Yeah, unfortunately. I I, I think there's going to be a lot of divorce. I think there's. Yeah, it's going to exacerbate abusive relationships. But I also think a lot of women are going to realize, I just don't need this bullshit anymore. Probably. I'm okay. I'm okay. And that's, you know, like I looked at this woman in, in the apartment and she seemed very okay with where she was. You yeah, know, that's good. Um, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, of course... You know, she's completely dependent on the dog because that's her, that's her social outlet. Uh, that's what's, I think that, that is what scares me of becoming too dependent on something that is going to go away. And I think that's why mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's why I like prefer being alone. That's why I'm so good being alone because it, I, I, I don't like relying on anybody. Yeah. I I worry about that in relation to aging because men die first usually. Right. Um and it you know it just seems like we just in general we have we just we, we just kind of leave our elderly with nothing to do. <laughs> Nowhere to go. As a person with no children and and I like I know children are not an insurance policy, right? Like mm-hmm. even if I had children, I can't make them hang out with me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I I do worry about just yeah aging. What will I do? Like when I'm too old to work, but hopefully still 
kind of sharp intellectually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid I'll have to start going to church just to just to hang out with people. <laughs> See, I look at my dad who had his accounting business until he was 85 years old. Well, that's crazy. It is, and I don't I don't want to work till I'm 85. <laughs> no, and that's just it. And and remember, my father didn't have to. Right. I don't I don't want to <laughs> He do that. chose to because it kept his mind occupied. So I don't like when I'm doing the walking now and how my how it's so rough on my body. I definitely have those thoughts of Oh God, like how long am I going to be able to do this and what's going to happen, you know, when I turn 60, which is only nine years away, dude. And that's, that's scary to me. Mm. And what's going to happen if I can't rely on my body anymore? Yeah. That is, that's scary. That's scary to me too. That's, that's one of the, the main fears about aging. In addition to just the loneliness. Yeah. But that's why it's so vital to keep your brain as sharp as possible. Yeah, you know I don't know. I don't work. know what you do if if it's not. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, I could present a couple of dark scenarios, but oh, please don't. Well, that's what I figured. <laughs> we're, we, so, we're already. So like, it wasn't. <laughs> we're all we're all full here. I know. So <laughs> wait a minute. Let's get back to the uh, article for a second. Uh, let's see. For me, the the grieving woman was oh the hardest. Uh, broke my heart. Broke yeah. my heart when she go- she goes in. She goes into the living room and she looks up at the urn of mm-hmm. her husband who had passed eighteen months before and said, "I miss you so much," or "I wish you were here." Mm-hmm. This is what did she say? I'm so lonely, or um. I think I think all of the above. <laughs> I I'm just particularly bad with grief. I think. Yeah. I I don't have a ton of experience with it, and you know, as as a person who doesn't like to talk about my feelings, it it just I find it I find it difficult. Grief is especially challenging to me. Yeah, it's uh, see. It's not challenging to me just because I've been through it so much. Um, and, and I don't get the sense that you... Have you lost a lot of people? No. Yeah. I really... I don't know that I've lost anyone, really, other than my grandparents. And that's kind of... I mean, that's that's going to happen, right? Yeah. Wow. I, I've never heard of that. I'm sort of a like a fucking... <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dark cloud magnet. Well, so. you have more experience than I do <laughs> with grief. No, I'm talking about. I typically most of my friends like they've, you know, lost somebody young, like a parent or whatnot. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have that. I'm, I'm scrolling down to this part of the to this part of the article. So she talks about. Um, She's been talking to him more now. There are no shows to go to, no friends who want to take a walk. She takes the egg to her sunroom and looks up at his urn. She took her time picking it out, brassy and blue, his favorite color. It shimmers a little in the light. I really miss you, she says, curled up in the... Mm. It's so brutal. It's brutal. I really miss you, she says, curled up in in their favorite wing chair. This is a really hard time. Right, which is so so beautiful in its understatement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you do, you have those moments. I definitely had that moment. I had a moment where I just thought, oh, God, I just miss my father. Yeah. And that's what really all of this brought up, I think. Oh, my God, I'm such a pussy. God. Um, Grievance that's hard, what, man. <laughs> it's all fucking, it's so hard. This is such a hard time for people. It is bringing up so much for so many people because we are alone with our thoughts. Yeah. You know, and I, I like I'm 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 going through the article and I, I don't know, I feel like a couple of these women are just trying way too hard to seem totally fine with it. Yeah. Well you know like the Yeah, sure. Like the the woman who misses her uh 20 year old 
surf instructor or whatever. Yeah, that she's <laughs> okay. probably never met. That let's let's fucking be honest. He's probably fake. He's probably a scammer. Mm, well, something like it anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's probably never met this guy. And oh, I'm just gonna go to Costa Rica or whatever the. F- uh, you know, like come on, man, just stop. Right. Well, you know, there had to be a Samantha Jones in the room. So <laughs> I'm not going to begrudge somebody, anyone their coping mechanisms at this point. Like I, somebody I find has it to be the Samantha, right? I find it disingenuous and hollow, but I'm not going right. to call it out because if it's working for you, that's great. <laughs> Let's see. Joy Cardwell has two rules in her house: there are never shoes, and there is always music. There is not usually booze at one o'clock in the afternoon, but today is a special occasion. Her friend is hosting a live stream DJing from his home in the south of France. She pours herself a glass of rosé. The friend's set is exactly what she'd, she hoped it would be. The songs make her move, swaying her way down the hall, wine in hand, bare feet, moving quickly over the cold Mexican tile. A few minutes in, a lyric catches Joy off guard. I want to feel your heartbeat. The last time she touched another body was March 6. More than a month ago, she went out in Miami with a group of her friends. She starts to cry but keeps dancing. What a great image that is. Right? Yeah. She starts to cry but keeps dancing. It's, I, I just, I don't know. I love that because really what else can we do? Yeah. You I have love to Hazel. Keep you have to keep, what? I love Hazel. Hazel, Hazel. Feldman is um, the woman who, she just sounds so pleasant. She's she's the woman who is in her 60s. She's lived alone for 40 years um, in Manhattan. Oh, she's the cinnamon yeah, she's never been married, and she's she's trying to reach out to people. She says the news keeps saying people are coming together, not in these types of buildings. <laughs> she yeah. she keeps trying to not be a burden. Yeah, which I I mean is I don't know. I just like her so much. Yeah, uh, she says now. Hazel Feldman is almost out of cinnamon. She uses it for everything: a sprinkle on cereal or stirred into vegetable soup. She always adds a few shakes of the jar to her coffee grounds. Now, you don't want to be heavy-handed with it, she says, but a little cinnamon adds a layer to anything, gives it a little something more. Hazel has been constantly surveying the contents of her fridge, keeping two lists in her head, what she wants and what she needs. And she's doing this because there was a neighbor. She's, Hazel hasn't left her apartment for almost two weeks. She has a nasty cough. She worries might be coronavirus. When a neighbor offered to bring her a few things from Trader Joe's, Hazel was relieved. She immediately sent pictures of all her staples. She's shopped there enough to know exactly what she likes. That was over a week ago. She's been hoping the neighbor will offer again, but hasn't heard from her. And this is where I'm going to say, I, nothing irritates me more and nothing makes me roll my eyes more than the people who feel compelled to tell you how they're offering. I'm here if you need anything, I'm here, you know, you can call me or, oh, I did this thing yesterday where I went to my neighbors. That just so removes, it takes away all the goodness of what you did when you seek, when you seek validation for it. And just to hear this, I'm not surprised to hear that the the neighbor like hasn't followed up. Well, I'm not either. I mean, everybody's got their own stuff going on, which Hazel even says, right? Like everyone is, I mean... When, when you literally can't leave your house, it's you get wrapped up in your own little families, right? Yeah. She recognizes lots of people there. Um, she says, for over 40 years, Hazel's lived in a large complex of identical red brick apartment buildings in downtown Manhattan. She recognizes lots of people there. They pass each other in the hallway, ride together on the elevator, but she isn't really friends with anyone. It's so, again, you know, this image of being in this huge city surrounded by people and yet there's so much loneliness mm-hmm. in this city there's such a lack of connection yeah and i don't think i don't know if i don't know is that gonna is this gonna change anything is that gonna change new york city i don't I think don't, so i think yeah, new york city's no, full of very, very selfish people i don't think that's a new york thing <laughs> no what is a new york thing though did you hear about this uh, mayor de blasio is encouraging people to snitch on anybody who isn't social distancing uh yeah maryland too yeah we've had a lot of police calls yeah 
Yeah, and of course I read the I read one Twitter thread. We'll get you know we'll get back to the article in a bit. And they said, oh, all the Karens are going to be busy. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so uh, the news keeps saying people are coming together. They might be coming together, but not here. Not in these types of buildings. Yeah, I mean. Is the, is said, the news saying that, though? That's not the news I've been reading. I've been reading that um, people are protesting the virus. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, seem I like don't, coming together. Yeah, you know, and the, here's the funny thing. That 7 p.m. like chant and that cheering yeah. that everyone does for the um, first responders. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's getting uh, like getting lighter, a quieter. And lighter and lighter, a little quieter every night. Yeah. Like it was fun to do it and take part in it because it was fun to do and tell everyone you did it. But more and more, like I think people are just, we're, we're easing into this. We're easing into this new normal right now. Right. Like I think the first couple of weeks people were like, okay. <laughs> Everyone's going to hunker down, army crawl to the supermarket. <laughs> and now people are like, ugh, what do you need? What do you want? <laughs> Move. Just get across the street. I think people, we're, I think we're slowly getting, we're just sort of, this is how we're ac- getting acclimated to this new environment, this right. new normal. Well, and I think a, a consequence of that is the the opposite of coming together, right? Because yeah. A, it's illegal. And B, like, every person you see now, you have to just assume has a disease. Right. I mean, right. you have to assume that they're a walking Petri dish. So <laughs> how's that going to bring us together? Oh, wait a minute. Hazel has been agonizing for days over how to ask her neighbor for groceries. She decides to write a short email. She wishes the neighbor well, then adds a quick line at the end. If you go to Traders, would you please let me know? She won't ask for anything specific. That might seem too pushy. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to have a root canal. I really mean that. Yeah. Uh, this is, that's Hazel saying. Yeah. Uh, the response arrives a few hours later. Her neighbor isn't planning to leave her apartment. She might order online. Uh, I'm just going to say the neighbor's an asshole. The neighbor's an asshole because she's clearly being asked, hey, I need something. Can you help me? And the neighbor's like, yeah, sorry. Well, the neighbor's not an asshole, though. Yeah, she is. The neighbor's going to order online from Whole uh-huh. Foods. Right. If Hazel wants to add anything, right? Hazel doesn't want to shop at Whole Foods. It's too expensive. She doesn't know what to buy. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the neighbor, I, I got to believe the neighbor, I think, I believe both that the neighbor is unwilling to go out of her way to go to Trader Joe's, obviously, right? But I also think she already went once. But I I'm also think if, if if she placed this online order at Whole Foods, I, I mean, I think she would follow through with allowing Hazel to add stuff to her order. Wow. That's really fucking big of her. Um, well, Hazel look, could... Hazel's not her responsibility. That's but but I thought we, I, but Sarah, I thought this was all this was the time when we were all supposed to be policing each other and looking out for each other. We're supposed to be policing <laughs> this is what I mean. each other. <laughs> this is what I but this look, if you're gonna police me, then you better be willing to take care of me too. But like I just said, we have to assume everyone else has the virus, right? So when someone okay, you know what yells man? about the apex, the apex was two weeks ago. People were were going out shopping then. If you were going out shopping then, you can go out shopping now. Put your fucking mask on and go outside because everybody's doing it. And this is what I mean. What what do you expect people to do when they need food or they need to you know euthanize their dog? Well, are vets even open? Do? Are vets open for that? I guess they. I don't know it. They could probably I would think the humane the humane society, but still, yeah. like this woman reached out, and the neighbor, in my opinion, kind of shut her down. Not an asshole. She did kind of shut her down, but not a, still not an asshole. No asshole. She didn't we'll throw her out the window. <laughs> <laughs> she just said. I'm not I'm not going to go out of my way to do for you a thing I wouldn't do anyway. Which I think is fair for someone who is a stranger. Mhm. Sure. Okay. We're going to move on. 
move on because I just don't I just disagree with you. Well, obviously it would have been nicer <laughs> if right. she had helped Hazel out. Of course that would be nicer. It's just that not doing that doesn't make you an asshole in this situation. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of justification for people saying, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to expect that everybody look out for me and cross the street and do this and do that. And let's shut down all these businesses so that, you know, these people who are at risk can go to the fucking park every day or they can do whatever or that anybody can do whatever. Uh, But then if someone said, hey, you know, could you go to Whole Foods for me? Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, I, I can't do that. But I'll do the thing that I can I can. I can brag about and I can, or, or I can, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like, I know what it you, is. What is it? <laughs> it's that people, it? people are willing to do things nominally if they cost them nothing. Right. Like they're, they're willing, like if you're, it's kind of like if you're buying a mask anyway, and it just so happens that the mask you're buying is from a company that's doing like a one for one thing where they donate one and sell you one. That costs you nothing that you weren't already going to expend, right? That's that's yeah. no additional resources on you. And you get to say, I bought from this company, right? But now Hazel's like, would you, would you do a, a totally extra thing? And of course the response is, well, no, I'll do this thing I'm already doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's an asshole. And I'm not, cha- I'm, I, I'm, not I'm not changing on that you one. You don't have to change your mind. I just disagree. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the basically the point of this this article is, you know, it's hard in general being alone, but it's really hard now. What about now do you think is making being alone harder? I think it's I'm the fact you. that you have to assume everyone else is diseased. So you like you wouldn't even want to reach out, you know? Yeah, but what's what about this when, she, when that quote says it's amplifying the hard parts, like what? What hard parts? Well, I think it's also, um, it's making people think about their own mortality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, yes. you, you kind of shut me down every time I bring that up, but like, this is killing people. Yes, I understand that, but I absolutely fucking refuse to feed into the fear that anybody that contracts this is going to die, because that's not true. No, that's not true. It's just it's just possible. So I I think that it is making people. It's possible that I could leave my apartment tonight and get hit by a bus too. Well, well of course. Although our <laughs> our bus is still running. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> well, actually, I think I think they are because I think I read that um, bus drivers are contracting the virus at a much higher rate than. Well, yeah, you know, because they're in a small and close space. Well, right, and everybody's coughing, coughing on the bus. Um, wearing a mask. Okay, yeah, we we really need to like. I think we need to move away from this. <laughs> well, don't don't you think it's it's the mortality thing? I don't know if that plays as much of a role in it as much as we. There was this sense of, oh, I can meet somebody when I want to, and I'm fine being alone. And I think there was a lot of denial and bravado going on. Sure. And now when this ability has been taken from us, forgotten for really for who knows how long. Yeah. Now people are like, oh, well, wait a minute. That's when people really start confronting the fears. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, for me, it's, it's till there's a vaccine. I'm not going mm-hmm. anywhere. Sarah, any final thoughts? Uh, this is your one time you get to be a Karen, so enjoy it. <laughs> Carpe the Karen. Carpe Karen. <laughs> oh, episode title. <laughs> you really, you really liked that. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> All right, fuckers. Follow us on the Things Womanology Pod. Join the mailing list. Um, come to our workshops, Sarah. I can't tell you how many. I have like three new clients this week. That's great. Three new coaching clients. I'm thrilled. Come to the workshops. Go to womenologypod.com. Go to kristenmarasio.com. 
sign up for one of our workshops. Use the code podcast to save $5. Uh, And yeah, wear a mask. Don't marry big. I don't know why you would. Well, I have my reasons. You do. You do. And uh, I accept you for who you are, Sarah. (laughs) Lots to unpack. I'm going to go unpack all that stuff now. (laughs) Bye. Bye.